You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Episode 104 of that one time on tour is brought to you by the band Black Cat Manor. Black Cat Manor is a five-piece melodic punk band from Northwest Illinois. They create music like a powder keg of explosive raw emotion. This honest, passionate sound led them to be featured on season seven of the awesome FX TV show American Horror Story. This is the eighth episode that they have sponsored, so needless to say, they are a part of the TOTOT family. For more information on Black Cat Manor, you can check them out at blackcatmanorband.com and on all the socials at Black Cat Manor Band. Now here it is from their most recent EP from here on out, their new single, Hats Off to You. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, this is Felicia Swinney, and you're listening to That One Time on Tour. Hey, 
Everybody out there in podcast land, what is going on? This is Chris Swinney. As always, I'm your host for that one time on tour. This is my podcast where I get to sit down with somebody in or around the entertainment industry and have a stellar conversation, except for today's episode. Today's episode is a little bit different. It is the two-year anniversary episode, episode number 104 and uh, it's crazy. Over 100 episodes, two years into this podcast, it's been great. And uh, I had you guys send in a lot of questions for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forego the guest on this episode. I've got some tricks up my sleeve and some things we're going to do. But uh, it's going to be a lot of questions that you, the listeners, sent in for me. Last year on the year episode, the 52nd episode, my wife was my co-host. We were planning on doing that again, but since we are in quarantine, uh, we did not have my mother to watch my two toddlers. And uh, I don't know. I was thinking about maybe just getting everybody on the podcast, but it would be it would be really crazy. So uh, my wife did the little intro to to the to the episode, but uh, she's asleep right now. My kids are both asleep. It's just me and you guys. So uh, thank you for tuning in to the awesome two-year anniversary episode. Uh, this might get less numbers than some of the other episodes where I have big, famous rock star guys on here. But, uh, you know, hopefully some of you guys enjoy the show enough and you like me as a host and you're interested in what I have to say as well. So uh, before we get into uh, today's stuff, the meat of the episode... I want to talk a little bit about the virus. Indiana has entered phase two of the reopening, but that means jack shit to me because I am currently, according to the store that I teach guitar at, off work until at the very minimum June 4th. So I have a whole another month of quarantining and not making any money. And I have decided to start doing remote lessons on FaceTime, Skype, or whatever. And uh, so I know a lot of my students listen to the podcast. If you guys are listening, I'll be hitting you up soon with times and we'll get that figured out. And if anybody else out there, you know, living in another another country or wherever, if you guys are looking for some guitar lessons, hit me up. You can just email me, tototpodcast at gmail.com and we'll take care of it. So let's pay some bills. I have sponsors, Black Cat Manor, the band at the beginning of the episode. This is the eighth episode that they have sponsored. I love Black Cat Manor so much, and I just got to say thank you guys so much, you know, not only for sponsoring eight episodes, but in the middle of this pandemic where I know some of you guys are probably not, you know, you're strapped for cash, but you guys are supporting the show, and it means a lot to me, and uh, I love you guys. So thank you so much. Check them out at blackcatmanorband.com. I got to give a shout out to James Devlin Art. Uh, you can check out his artwork at jamersdesign.com. That is J-A-M-E-R-S-D-E-S-I-G-N.com. James is out of Australia. He's worked with so many bands. You pick your favorite band. He has done a shirt or something for him. So, uh, yeah, check out da James Devlin Art at jamersdesign.com. Back on the program as a sponsor once again, I've got to welcome back the awesome, awesome Rockabilia.com. My buddy Frankie over there at Rockabilia, he decided that he wanted to sign back on. And uh, we're going to have a promo code for you soon. You might be able to use the old promo code, just uh, put T-O-T-O-T. That might work. Maybe they'll give you the 10% off. I don't know. But we'll have a new promo code soon. But thank you so much to Frankie and everybody at Rockabilia.com. I hope you guys are safe. Head on over there to get all of your licensed merchandise from your favorite bands, and they will take care of you. Fast shipping. Their website is great, and uh, it's an awesome place. Uh, if you want to help the show out, you want to become a sponsor, if you have a band or a company, you can hit me up, tototpodcast at gmail.com or on any of the socials at TOTOT Podcast. 
But if you just want to help the show out, you want to become a patron of the show, you can head on over to our Patreon page. That is patreon.com forward slash T-O-T-O-T podcast. We have a new patron this week. So uh, here's some claps. New patron alert, new patron alert. Thank you so much to Carlos Rodriguez Jr. from Veracruz, Mexico. I think you're our first patron from Mexico. So uh, thank you so much for the support, man. It means a lot to me. I actually knew a girl that was an exchange student when I was going to high school back in the day that was from Veracruz. Um, maybe you guys know each other. Email me. Maybe we can we can talk. Maybe she's a friend of yours. Who knows? She's probably older than you, though, because I'm pretty sure I'm older than you. But I also have to give a shout out to our three, yes, count them, three Patreon producers, the top tier Patreon, <coughs> excuse me, Mr. Bob Foster from Hemet, California, Mr. John Exton from Stafford, England, and the illustrious Dewey Halpus from Portland, Oregon, via the Peer Pleasure Podcast. Yes, Dewey has become a producer over at our Patreon. So thank you guys so much. You can always get all of the pertinent links for the podcast over at tototpodcast.com. Uh, if you guys don't want to become a patron, you still want to help out the show, you can make a one-time donation at our Venmo. Go on over to Venmo and hit up at Christopher Swinney. That is C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R-S-W-I-N-N-E-Y. And uh, also, just a free way to help the show, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to this podcast. So uh, first up on the agenda today, I have a radio segment, so I'm going to kick that off right now. Cue the theme music. Radio, 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 radio. When I've got the music, I've got the place to go. On this edition of TOTOT Radio, I am going to bring you another version of the song that I did. I did this collaboration a couple weeks back where uh, I wrote a song and I asked you, the listener, if you sang, if you wanted the song, I would send it to you. You could send me back vocals that you wrote and recorded yourself and we would put it all together and see what happened. Um, well, my buddy Pedro, he killed it. I loved it. I thought it fit the song so well that we actually have started a band now. It's called Southern Gothic. You can get all the links and everything on the TOTOT socials. But um, I had so many other people do great work as well. I had probably almost 40 people send me their stuff back. And there's no way I'm going to be able to play all 40 versions of the song. But uh, there were some that were kind of my favorites. And I want to highlight those on some of these upcoming radio segments. But uh, I got an email from... Rowena Fonseca, I think that's how you say it, or Rowena Fonseca, <laughs> I don't know how to say it actually, but uh, she's in a great band called Motion Sickness from Toronto, Ontario, and uh, she sang, wrote some really cool lyrics, and she sent it back to me, and I put it all together, and I really, really like it, I think it's a really cool take on the song, way different than the take that Pedro made, did on the song. But um, that's what I'm going to do with some of these radio segments. I'm going to play some versions of the collaboration that I did with all these people. And I hope you guys enjoy it. And I want you to really check out Motion Sickness out of Toronto, Ontario. Rowena's band. It, they're great. I actually uh, start famous, the print shop from Toronto that was sponsoring the podcast a while back. They sent me a big, like, huge box of stuff. And uh, I, I got a motion sickness shirt and a motion sickness hat. And my son wears the motion sickness hat like every day. So uh, it's kind of weird that all of a sudden she sent me vocals. I don't know. It was really cool. So uh, I'm going to let you hear the song now. And uh, mind you, this is a rough mix. The song I played last week on the program where, where Pedro sang was the final mix, like mastered version for, for Spotify and all the streaming sites. But uh, this is Rowena's take on it. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. And remember, it's it's not mixed quite as well. I, I did a quick mix on it. But uh, here we go. Motion 
So there it was. That was the collaboration between myself and Rowena Fonseca. Fonseca. Uh, she's got a great band, like I said, called Motion Sickness out of Toronto, Ontario. So check them out. And uh, thank you so much, Rowena. I, I really appreciate that. I, I like what you did on the song. It was really, really cool. I'm going to have some more of these collaborations coming up. Not only am I going to be playing some of my other favorites, that people sent me, but I've got some other songs coming up as well. And uh, I think the Southern Gothic thing between myself and Pedro is going to be a complete separate entity. And I'm going to going to continue to do some of the collab stuff. So thank you guys that took part in the collaboration. I really appreciate it. And I will be, you know, featuring more of the songs on upcoming episodes. I just didn't want to play like, you know, five versions of the same song with different lyrics and vocals on, on one episode. So thank you guys so much. And uh, so that's kind of the intro. I don't have an interview today. So the one thing that I want to start off with, though, this is the Ask Chris episode. A lot of you sent in your, your questions, you know, via all the socials and emailing me and calling the hotline. And two people that called the hotline are two of our Patreon producers. And uh, I always give priority to the patrons, especially the producer patrons. So I'm going to start out right now, and uh, let's let's check the let's check the old TOTOT hotline. What do we got? Hey, Chris, it's Bob, your patron producer. I just wanted to congratulate you on two years of that one time on tour, and thank you for so many great memories. You're awesome, man. My question is: Is there anything you took for granted in the past before this whole COVID-19 thing started that maybe in the future you're going to appreciate a little bit more or think about a little bit more? Um, hope you're good, man. Hope your family's good. And also, I have another question. What's your favorite color? I never knew that. Anyway, dude, congratulations again. Have a great day. Bye. Okay, well, thanks, Bob Foster from Hemet, California. Bob's a great guy. He's been on the Patreon train for quite a long time. I really appreciate it. So let's get to your questions. Well, first off, easy question. My favorite color is black. <laughs> I mean, I, all my t-shirts are black. Uh, I, I've got a lot of black guitars. I do have some other color guitars, but they're all very dark. So I would just say like overall dark, but I really like black. Uh, I grew up really loving AFI, so <laughs> I love black. As far as the, the quarantine thing, the pandemic taking stuff kind of for granted. I've been thinking about that a lot lately because I, I was kind of excited with Indiana starting to, you know, starting to open back up, like cautiously optimistic. Like I, I know it's too early, but I, I thought I would at least, you know, oh, maybe I can actually start teaching again at some point. And then to find out from my, my, you know, boss, technically he's not my boss, but the guy that owns the store telling me that, you know, at the very, you know, minimum, I'd go back on the fourth, probably not even until maybe July. That's crazy. And it's not like a thing of where, you know, oh, I've got to go to work because I, I, I've got to feed my family. Like, you know, I'm pretty frugal and I've, you know, I'm, I'm not wealthy at all, but I, I always kind of have some rainy day fund and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll be okay. My whole thing is it's the whole idea that I enjoy my job. I, I know a lot of people can't say that. And I feel very like, you know, lucky that I have a job that I enjoy. I get to sit in a room with kids that love music and play guitar for eight hours a day. I mean, that's other than being on a stage or maybe doing the podcast and getting paid enough to pay my bills. I mean, that's nothing else I'd rather do. I mean, I love playing guitar. I love sharing my knowledge and my passion of music with my students, and that's why I do my rock and roll summer camp, which is also in jeopardy of maybe not happening this summer. I think that's what I've taken for granted. I've taken for granted the fact that, you know, not only do I need to go to work because I need to make income to support my family, but I I enjoy my job. And, you know, I've been playing a lot of guitar lately and keep myself busy and working on the show and doing all this stuff, but going to work every day and getting my guitar out and, and teaching. I, I, I didn't ever realize how much I really liked my job. So I think I've taken that for granted and uh, I won't ever do that again. I'm going to start doing, like I said, at the beginning of the show, start doing some remote lessons and whatnot. So Bob, thank you so much for your question. I really appreciate it. And uh, I hope we can hang out soon, man. I, I probably won't be in California anytime soon. And I don't know if you'll make it to the Midwest, but uh 
I owe you a beer next time I see you, man. But uh, let's see what else. I think we've got another voicemail. This is coming in from John Exton, our other Patreon producer, all the way from Stafford, England. What do you got to say, John? Hey, Chris. It's John, Patreon producer and guitarist in between Stafford and Silence. Hope you're well, pal. Uh, massive congratulations on the anniversary episode. Really cool to see how the podcast has grown and everything it's doing. We just wanted to say massive thanks to all of us in the band for all the support you've given us in recent times uh, and get a question in for the episode. So, as you know, I'm a complete and absolute gear geek. Uh, everything that I do in guitar, pedals, amps, everything, I can talk you to death about it. So, my question for you is, what's your ideal playing setup? Money's no object. You can have anything you want. What guitar are you having? What amp? What rig, etc. Um, speak to you soon, buddy. Hope you're well. John, thank you so much for calling in and uh, asking me that question. I Man, this is a tough one for me because I'm not as big of a gearhead as most people probably think that I am. I mean, I love guitars. I love amps. I love everything about it. I love pedals, everything. But I've never been like into a lot of different pedals. Like I remember when I was... Uh, I was touring one time and this guy came out to me and he's like, man, I want to look at your rig. I want to look at your rig. And I had a, you know, a Mesa boogie triple rectifier and I had a Sovtech, you know, in the case as well. And like some really nice amps, but like, he's like, well, what kind of pedals do you have? And I said, Oh, I've got a tuner and a delay pedal. <laughs> like I just didn't, I've never had a lot of pedals. Like my buddy Gary the other day came over cause I'm reviewing some guitars for him. And he's like, oh, I gave you this whole thing of pedals if you want to mess with them. And I, I didn't. I, I just, I've always been clean tone, distorted tone, like, and then like, like a mid rangey kind of bluesy distortion tone. And I love pedals and I love messing with them. I've just never been able to really do much live with them. I remember when I was touring with Chris Rowe and he, he wanted me to use a DD7 uh delay pedal boss dd7 and then a holy grail reverb pedal and it was really cool and i mean you know i loved how it sounded but it took me a while to kind of learn when to kick it on and when to do this and when to do that and i've just man i i see i see people all the time with these massive pedal boards and i love it and i love the the nerdiness of it and and i'm i'm so much like that way with other stuff but i've just always been so into the music theory aspect and the playing aspect that the tones and, and all this different stuff. I, I don't know. I've, I've never been that nerdy about that stuff, but I will tell you if you want to know my actual, like, you know, dream situation, I love ESP and uh, I've been playing their stuff for quite a long time. I actually, currently I have an artist deal. I got my artist deal back uh, with ESP, but uh, that's not that big of a deal. Cause you basically just get this premiere plus pricing. And, uh, right now, you know, I've got, I've got a few of the, uh, EC 1000s. I really, really love those, the deluxe EC 1000s, but I love Gibson as well. I'm a, I'm a Les Paul guy. So the body shape is going to be a Les Paul. Um, I used to own this, uh, 1978, same year as me, as, as my same, same year as me, same age as myself. I had a 1978 Gibson custom shot. It was a custom shop from 78. It had this old, like the old rifle case. Like it looked like you were carrying a gun around. And, uh, I ended up selling that guitar to a kid in Africa that saw us on tour one time and I shipped it to him and I wish I still kept it, but uh, it's a good guitar. I know it went to a good home. I guess it's not easy to get Gibson products over there or something. I can't remember what the deal was, but I made a pretty good penny on that guitar. I wish I still had it, but at the time I had a lot of guitars. But uh, yeah, Gibson or ESP. If I have my dream set up, it's going to be probably an E2 with, with an Evertune system. The one thing I don't really like about the E2s that are different from the EC1000s which is what I have now is that the EC1000s have 24 frets. So you have two octaves on the neck. The scale's a little bit bigger. On the E2s, which are like the more expensive Japanese made set up in the States, like really nice ESP, they only have 22 frets. And some of you out there might think that's not like a huge deal, but I've always played a lot of lead stuff. 
And I love having those two extra frets because you basically have two octaves on the guitar. So if I could do this, it's dream money's not an like an issue at all. I would get a custom shop E2 with 24 frets instead of 22 frets. Uh, I would probably have, I guess, two of them. I would like one of the E2s to have active EMG pickups and then the other one, maybe Seymour Duncan passive pickups. I like the kind of the mix and the match of those, or maybe one of each in each guitar. That might be cool. It could phase them in, you know, that'd be really cool. As far as amps go, I'm a lot different than I used to be. I used to, you know, I come from the touring circuit of everybody has a 412 cabinet or two 412 cabinets and everybody has, you know, a Mesa or a Marshall or whatever. And that's, that's really cool. And I still love that stuff. I ended up selling my Mesa boogie and I have sold my Marshall. And now I'm just rocking this little orange, uh, what is that? Orange crush 60, which is the only thing you need, especially if you're in your house jamming, you know, you could play it at a bar and it would sound fine. But what I really, really want to get into, and I know some of the purists out there won't really dig this, but all of my friends play fractals or they play you know, like the, the new modeling amps, the, what is the Axe Effect? And uh, what is the Kemper? Kemper's the other thing. I don't know. My buddy Cody's got a Kemper. Uh, I just know, like, you know, I was talking to Chris from Propagandi on the show, and they're, they're running fractals, and Metallica's not even running real amps anymore. So what I would like to do, since I do a lot of home recording, I'd like to get a Kemper or get a fractal, get one of those you know, they're like two or $3,000 modeling amps. So just use one of those. And that's kind of my dream setup. As far as pedals and stuff, I'm pretty easy. I just, like I said, like a DD7, may, maybe a Holy Grail pedal, because that's stuff I, I used to use all the time. Um, I did use, a, I, I used a, a Harmony pedal for a while. It was a Boss Harmony pedal, which was cool. But if you didn't set the you know the key correctly it could be very very bad if you're playing live but uh that's pretty much it for the setup like i said i'm a les paul guy so any kind of old school vintage les pauls are cool man i just saw a 58 custom on reverb for thirty five thousand dollars which if i had thirty five thousand dollars i wouldn't buy a les paul but that's crazy that somebody has that sitting in their house it's a 1958 so that's that's really really cool but uh, yes, thank you, John. I, I kind of dragged on and on with that question, but uh, I love guitars and I love amps. I'm just not super nerdy about that kind of stuff. Like I couldn't tell you how many ohms are on my, my Marshall or anything like that. I just have no idea. But uh, okay, so that's it for the, the voicemails. Thank you, Bob and John, our Patreon producers, for calling the hotline and leaving me a message. Remember, guys, you can always call the hotline in the future if you want to be featured on an episode. It is 765-372-8818. So now I have some more questions, and we're just going to go down the list. Like I said, I don't have a, I don't have a co-host or a guest or anything for this one, so I'm just going to take care of it. So the Ask Chris segment now commences. <laughs> Here we go. So Jess from France. What's up, Jess? Thanks a lot for writing in. She wants to know my best memory or memories from the show over the last two years. That is super, super tough because pretty much I find something in each episode that I kind of take with me and that I really, really enjoy. I love talking to people and I feel like in this, like I, my buddy Dewey over at Pure Pleasure Podcast, we've talked about this on our episode we did together and then just in private, we've talked about it. Nobody really talks anymore. People, you know, they text and they everything's just very quick and efficient. When you sit down and talk to someone for an hour or two on the phone, it feels old school. And I think that's what this, this podcast has helped me. I've never been shy. I've never had a problem talking to people, but I, I don't know. I think it has helped my conversation skills. I think it has helped kind of my vocabulary and just being able to, I don't, I like calling people now on the phone, even if I'm not doing a podcast, I, I like I like talking more than I used to. It used to just be text everything and everything was quick, but now I, I really enjoy that. So that's a memory that I really like, but also as far as like specific memories, getting to talk to Lars from Rancid about being a dad, it, cause that really helped me right, right before I became a dad, like the night or two after my wife told me I was going to be a dad. I watched the other F word, which is that really cool documentary about, you know, 
punk rockers getting old and having kids. And it follows Jim from Pennywise around, but then Lars is a big part of it as well. And I watched that and I've got to say, like, I was so freaked out and so scared and watching that show, it made me realize everything was going to be okay and that, you know, I could do it because these guys that I've looked up to my whole life did it. And, you know, getting to talk to Lars about that and him responding so much to that. And yeah, I love his music and we talked a lot about his music and his bands and stuff, but talking about being dads and just him laughing and kind of, he heard my kids because my kids are really loud and I, I do this in my home studio. So when I'm on the phone with somebody and my kids start screaming because he wants a piece of cheese, like they normally hear it. And, and Lars, it's cool in the episode. He goes, oh, hey, you got, you got kids, huh? And we start talking about kids. That was really, really cool. And, you know, speaking of that documentary, uh, it hasn't aired yet, but I just recently did an episode with Jimmy from Pennywise. And, you know, he wrote a book called Punk Rock Dad. And then that's kind of why they did the documentary. And we talked a lot about that. And I don't know, that whole thing, like, I never thought I was going to be a dad. So the whole idea of becoming a dad, it's cool that these guys who I've looked up to my whole life and I love their music and they're like, they're like heroes. They're like larger than life for me. I'm such a fan. Like, you guys know I'm a fanboy if you listen to the show. The fact that I can kind of share something that isn't musical, like talking about kids and talking about like, you know, Jimmy was talking about how it is when his kid went off to college and like stuff I've got to look forward to. Like, it's just I, stuff like that where it, it, I wouldn't say Lars and I are friends. I wouldn't even say Jimmy and I are friends, but that, that connection, you know, like where you're on the phone with somebody and it's not just like, Hey man, how's the new record? Like, I mean, I do that stuff because that's, I'm interested in that stuff, but it's when you go deeper and that's, those are my best memories of, of the podcast. And of course, Chris from Propagandi, I mean, that dude's a shredder. I've looked up to him so much my entire life. I, I, I love that band. The fact that he came on my little show is amazing and just stuff like that. Like it's, it's crazy. I just, I have an episode coming out with Bill from faith. No more. Come on, man. Faith no more. That's insane. So, uh, yeah, it just, the whole, just doing the entire show is, is the best memory. And I've, I've made so many new friends and, you know, that have been on the show as guests. And then people that have also just become friends of mine through this community that they, they like the show and they listen and they hit me up all the time or they become a Patreon or they just hit me up on Instagram and we talk about music or whatever. Like it's, I don't know from, from going from being in a band that toured all the time to, you know, having kids and being kind of, you know, quote unquote, normal dude. <laughs> I don't know if that's even a thing, but, uh, it's cool to kind of have this outlet and I have an excuse that I can call Lars from Rancid and talk for an hour and a half. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to take that for granted. I, I love the fact of what this, this show has kind of become something and people are actually wanting to come on the show now. So uh, that's my best memory. It's kind of building this thing from the ground up and getting to talk to people that changed my life, getting to talk to my heroes. And, and it, it is a joke and I've put up little memes and stuff that I've made about how much of a fanboy I am, but I'm not like, you know, I'm, I'm excited that I'm a fanboy. I am proud of that fact. <laughs> I, I will always be. And, uh, you know, I had Joey from Lagwagon was on and I just, God, I was so nervous to get on the phone with him and I just, and then he was the best dude ever. And I, I don't know, just being a fanboy is a, is a proud thing <laughs> and I'm always going to be that way. And I hope you guys enjoy it when that happens. So, uh, so yeah, so those are my best memories, just kind of a million different things in one. I hope that answered your question, Jess, but I hope you're doing okay over there in France. I have not been to France for a very, very long time. Uh, I love it over there. Really good food. <laughs> I know that's pretty you know, generic thing to say, but it's, it's fucking true. Okay, so Freddie from Texas, he wants to know, he wants me to rank the Metallica albums from my favorite to my least favorite. Okay, well, I don't have anything in front of me right now. Let's see if we can do this. Uh, I will start off by saying, of course, my least favorite and these are full length records. I'm not going to go with like, you know, garage days and the EPs and stuff, but uh, my least favorite, of course, is St. Anger. Um, just don't really dig it. There's only a couple songs that I can even stomach to really listen to, 
But uh, number one, my favorite, favorite, favorite would be Master of Puppets, followed by Injustice for All, followed by Kill 'em All, then Ride the Lightning, then the Black Album, then Death Magnetic, followed by Hardwired, and then Load and Reload. And then, of course, uh, St. Anger. And it's not to say that I don't love Load or Reload. I love those records, but I almost put them in a category by themselves because it was more more kind of grungy, Seattle-type sound mixed with the Metallica stuff. It's almost like if Alice in Chains wrote the Black Album. <laughs> That's always what I thought Load and Reload were. But uh, thank you so much, Freddie, for your question. I know a lot of people out there probably don't care about Metallica, but... They're my band, man. I love them, and I can't get enough of them. And shout out to uh, my buddy Ryan Downey over at Speak and Destroy. He's got a great Metallica podcast, as well as Clint and Ethan over at Metal Up Your Podcast. If you guys love Metallica as much as I do, go check out those podcasts and support those guys. Okay, Freddie, thank you so much for that. Uh, Next up on the list, I hope you guys are enjoying this, too. Without a co-host, it's just weird. It's just me talking for like an hour. But uh, Danny from Ireland, he did not specify what part of Ireland. It's, it's, it's a decent-sized country, uh, so we'll just say Danny from Ireland. He said, any bucket list guests? And, of course, I think I covered this on the one-year anniversary episode, and I don't think I've actually – a couple bucket list guests have been on the show. But uh, my bucket list guests forever will be Daniel Johns from Silverchair – Silverchair is one of my favorite bands of all time. I love them. I can't get enough of that band. His songwriting and his talent, his singing, everything is just so great. And uh, fingers crossed, I have been in contact with management, and they have not said no, but uh, currently he's not doing like any kind of press or anything or any kind of like cycle for whatever because he's got this kind of like cool electronic thing out now called Dreams. Uh, he's not in Silverchair anymore. They don't really exist. They're not a band. But any of those guys, especially Daniel, because I want to talk about songwriting with him, but uh, that's a bucket list guest. Henry Rollins, of course. Uh, Henry Rollins has said no to me a couple times already, but he's always very polite about it. And he has his own podcast, and he's Henry Rollins. He doesn't need to come on my my podcast. But hopefully in the future he will. I know Dewey over at Pure Pleasure really wants to get him on as well. But uh, we talk about bucket list stuff all the time, and and I like what Dewey said on the episode where I had him. He's like, you know, you could get James Hetfield from Metallica, and it might be great, but, you know, the guy down the street that is mowing his grass might have a cooler story. And I, I agree with that. But, of course, James Hetfield is on my bucket list to have on the show. And uh, I've met James a couple times, and I didn't – I fanboyed out, as you can imagine, you know, but I I held it together pretty well. And uh, I would love to have James on. I just think James is such a good dude. And I think James should do a podcast because if you ever just like listen to his voice, he has he has a voice for doing radio or podcasts. It's really, really good. So those are those are my top three. I'll go with Daniel Johns from Silverchair, uh, Henry Rollins, of course, and uh, James Hetfield or any of the Metallica guys, but definitely James. I'd like to speak with James about about how he. I don't know. He, that's why I play guitar. That's how I learned how to do all my intervals and all my weird stuff that I do. And that would really be a cool conversation. But uh, also on like the actor front, because I would like to kind of branch out and get some guys like that, uh, like Jack Black or somebody like that. And I don't think that's too far of a crazy thought because I know that Jack has been on Turned Out a Punk, Damien's show. And uh, I know he's into punk rock and he's in Tenacious D and he does touring and stuff. So it might be really cool to have Jack on. And uh, I just think he's a funny dude, and I know he's got some got some 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 good, some good stories. So uh, yeah, those are my bucket list guests from Ireland. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you writing in and asking the question. Uh, so let's see what else we have here. Alex from Delaware wants to know my biggest music influences, and of course, you know, we'll throw it out there. Metallica. I just said that. I got Master of Puppets when I was probably like eight or nine years old or something like that. I don't know. It was crazy, but I loved it. And uh, they've been my favorite band ever since, even through the the hard times of St. Anger and all the bullshit. I, they're still my, my favorite band. I've seen them 17 times. And every time they come close, I've got to go check out Metallica, even if the tickets are like ungodly. And sometimes they are, but 
other than that, musical influences, uh, the, the epitaph and fat wreck stuff, kind of like almost the entire catalog of my episodes I've had. That was the biggest influence on me because Metallica kind of got me in the door to heavy music. And I wanted to play guitar because I had, you know, like I said, Justice and Justice for All and all these records, and I wanted to play guitar. But then when I got a little bit older, I'd say probably 11 or 12, I got into the punkier stuff. Like I, I checked out the Misfits through Metallica because Cliff had a Misfits shirt on. And, uh, you know, my dad had a, had a Sex Pistols record and had a Ramones record. And I got into that stuff. And then, you know, later on into the early 90s, kind of, you start finding out about No Effects and Bad Religion. And you've got The Offspring and then, you know, Strung Out and... Pennywise and, and, you know, the descendants and, and all these great bands. And, and that's, that's what really did it for me. Cause I felt like it took me a while to get pretty good on guitar. So the metal stuff, I could always play a piece of it, but that was about it. And then when they started shredding, I couldn't really shred. I mean, I was like an 11 year old kid. The punk stuff was a little bit easier and it was more accessible to play on guitar. So that kind of got me going more that side when I heard the fat records and the epitaph stuff where it was kind of like punk rock, but with some metal things going on, you know, like a lot of the fat records stuff, it was, it was pretty metal back in the day, you know, that really got me going. Cause it was like my two loves together. So, uh, I would say those are all my musical influences and, uh, the grunge stuff had a lot to do with it as well. When that came out, I kind of got into the grunge stuff around the same time I was getting into the punk stuff. And to me, it was all kind of one big thing. I can see that it's not, of course, you know, you know, genre wise, but I was listening to Alice in Chains and Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Screaming Trees and Mud Honey. And then I would turn around and listen to No Effects and Bad Religion and, and the Deviates and whoever, like to, to me, it was like one big thing. It was just angry, aggressive music, whether you were, you know, crying about your mom with a flannel on, or you had a mohawk, like it was, it was the same thing. So that was kind of my, my upbringing and my, my influences in my music. So, and of course, Silverchair, I've talked about them a million times. We can't leave them out. They were kind of grungy, but then they also had a punkier side as well. So, uh, yeah, thank you, Alex from Delaware. I really appreciate you asking that question. Moving down the list, let's see what else we've got. I've got all these written out here. Dana from Colorado. Okay, yeah, this is a good question. I was going to call my mom today and have her answer this question, but uh, I we couldn't set it up. There was something going on. She said, were you a good kid, and when did you first get into music? Well, I just kind of covered the getting into music. I'd say uh, I got that Metallica tape from my uncle when I was probably eight maybe seven or eight, nine in that area. And that's what kind of got me going. Uh, before that, I really didn't have a lot of musical memories. I think that was the first thing that really spoke to me, you know? Uh, so that's when I got into it. As far as being a good kid, let's just say I never got in trouble. With my, I mean, I got grounded and shit, you know, once in a while. But as far as being a good kid, I, yeah, I, I never got in trouble at school. And not to say I didn't do things I should have been in trouble for at school. But, uh, yeah, I was a good kid. I mean, maybe I was just really good at like hiding what I was doing. Like I just remember uh, my buddy and I, we came back to my house from my aunt's house one Thanksgiving. My whole family is at my aunt's house. But we went back to my house to go to the basement so we could smoke a joint and then go back to Thanksgiving to eat more food. And of course, my mom never found out. Like I did a lot of stuff like that. So I, I have this idea in my mind of where maybe I'm smarter and I won't let my kids get away with as much, but I think it changes. I mean, I think my mom and dad did a lot of crazy shit when they were young, but they never caught me and their parents never caught them. So it scares me what my kids are going to be doing in 10, 15 years. But yeah, I was a pretty good kid. I got a, I did get a C in citizenship one time in second grade. Uh, I had a teacher. Her name was Mrs. Small. I highly doubt she listens to this. And, uh, I got great grades in her class. Like I said, it was second grade, but I also talked back and I passed notes and did all kinds of shit you're not supposed to do. And we had a citizenship grade and I got a C in citizenship. So uh, Mrs. Small, if you're listening out there, thank you for, thank you for giving me that C. It really made me think about my citizenship, but uh, <laughs> thank you, Dana from Colorado for that question. I really appreciate it. And thanks for listening. So let's see. I think we've got time for one up, two more questions. Okay. 
So Hayden from Minnesota wants to know how my family and I are spending our quarantine time. Well, I will tell you, uh, I'll, go, I'll go through a day in the life of the Swinney family. So um, I get up at 9 o'clock, which is early for some people, uh, late for other people. Uh, usually my kids are already awake. My wife's awake in the living room. They usually wake me up at 9. They don't let me sleep past 9. And I make a little bit of breakfast, sometimes just for me, sometimes for everyone. Uh, watch some television that we've recorded the night before. <laughs> Um, what else do I do? Feed the dog, you know, normal stuff like that. Well, actually my wife normally feeds the dog. Um, we hang out for a few hours and then if it's nice outside, if the weather's good, we try to get the kids outside. We have a little pool for them out there and, and we've got a couple slides and a trampoline and, and a little fire pit. And like, we try to spend some time outside if we can. It's been cold the last couple of days and we haven't been able to. And that's normally an all day thing. And then there's normally a couple, you know, apocalyptic food runs where I'll go get some takeout or uh, go to the grocery store or gas station or whatever I have to do. And uh, we try to split that up because my wife likes to get out of the house as well. So every other day it's like I go the day she goes the next day. And, you know, then we start to calm down. The kids come in from outside after a couple hours. We give them a bath and then we normally make them some dinner watch whatever television shows we want to watch. My wife goes to bed fairly early, normally around nine or 10. And then I start working in my studio and I'm either doing uh, podcast stuff or I am doing music stuff or I'm just kind of vegging out in front of the TV watching really bad reality shows. And I go to bed at three or four and wake up and do it all over again. And it's been that way for about 55 days now with no work. Uh, I am getting ready to do some of the remote lessons, which I think will break the monotony a little bit. But uh, Hayden from Minnesota, thank you for your question. That is a day in the life at Swinney HQ, man. Just uh, lots of trying to entertain toddlers and changing some diapers and trying not to go stir crazy, man. I hope you're doing well during your quarantine out there in Minnesota. Uh, let's see. We've got time for one more question. I'm not going to let this, this, this episode go crazy because you're probably sick of listening to me talk anyway. But uh, let's see here. Ben from Oklahoma sent this in on Twitter. He said, if you were to start a band and you could have any member from any other band, alive or dead, who would be in the band with you? And what would the name of the band be? And this is a tough one. And I didn't really think about this ahead of time. But um, probably like 10 minutes ago, I looked at this question or 10 minutes before I started doing this episode, I looked at this question and I had a couple ideas and I think I'm just going to go with the ideas that I had. The band would have three guitar players. I would be one of the guitar players. The other two guitar players would be Daniel Johns from silver chair, Dallas green from Alexis on fire and city in color. And uh, I, the only reason because I want Daniel and Dallas to harmonize and sing together in the band uh, maybe I could do some of the screamy stuff if we did anything heavy. Cause I, I've done that before. I wouldn't say I'm great at it, but I, I could handle it probably. And they could, they could do the pretty melodic stuff. And, uh, I, like I said, I would play guitar. So me on guitar and we would all take turns, lead and rhythm, whatever me on guitar and backing, uh, Dallas green on guitar and lead vocals, Daniel Johns on guitar and lead vocals drummer. I would probably go with, oh man, Jord from, uh, from Propagandi would be pretty killer. He, man, he's a, he's a great, great, great drummer. If you've never seen Propagandi live, you have to see him live. Like they're all great, but him holding down those songs, like the foundation is just amazing. So yeah, so, uh, Joe, I go with Jord on drums and then on bass. I'm just going to go crazy. I can do whatever I want. So I'm going to say Jason Newstead on bass. And uh, I think that band would be killer. So we've got Jason Newstead on bass, George from Propagandi on drums, me on guitar and backing vocals, Dallas Green on guitar and backing vocals, and Daniel Johns on guitar, not backing vocals, lead vocals. Both of those guys are lead vocals. So I think that would be a really good band. As far as a name for the band... That's a tough one, man. 
Uh, I've had a couple projects that never kind of went anywhere, and I always really liked the band. I had a band called The Skeleton Coast, which is really cool. It's this place off the coast of the Atlantic, uh, on the west coast of Namibia, down in Af- southern Africa, where there's really bad tides and really bad currents and ships kind of wreck and everything, and they call it the Skeleton Coast because there's so many shipwrecks. I always thought that was a cool name for a band. Um, I always wanted American Gothic, but there's a million bands called that. So that new band that I started is called Southern Gothic. So, uh, yeah, I guess we could just add Pedro, my buddy, and Southern Gothic into this band and just call it Southern or call it the Southern Gothics or something. Huh, whatever. I don't have any great names for bands. I will tell you that uh, growing up, uh, this is a cool story. My my dad was uh, he was a great guy, man. And I, I remember that when I was starting my first band, Chronic Chaos, and I was about 13 or 14 years old, we were trying to find out what we were going to call the band. And my dad always wanted us to be called the Dead Shitheads. <laughs> so I'll leave that right there for you. If you, if, you didn't, if you didn't know my dad or you haven't heard me tell stories about my dad, he was totally serious. And I came back with that, the whole idea of that and said, well, dad, we want to play arts night at the junior high. I don't think they would let us play arts night if our name was the dead shitheads. And my dad's like, I guess you'll never know unless you call your band, the dead shitheads. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, yeah, that's what we'll be then. I'm going to, I'm going to honor my dad. Um, my, my dad passed away back in 2005. So I'm going to honor him right now. My band with Daniel Johns, uh, Dallas green, George from Propagandi and Jason Newstead is going to now be called the dead shitheads. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy that. And I think the music from that band would be really fucking good, man. But that's all the questions for this episode. I know this episode was a little bit different. If you guys made it this far, I commend you. It's just an hour of me talking. But uh, I love you guys. And this show is one of the coolest things I've ever done. And like I said, you know, uh, someone was asking about the best memories over the over the last two years. And I'll just say the whole thing has been a great memory. It's it's given me something to do. It's it's gotten me, you know, back in touch with this scene that I really loved and cared about for so many years. And I've made a really good amount of friends through doing this. And uh I've gotten to do things I probably wouldn't have gotten to do, like go to these shows and talk to different people and and feel a part of a community. And that's what I was lacking when I, I didn't tour and I, I wasn't doing anything with music. And it's, it's really inspired me to do some really cool stuff. So uh, thank you all for going on this journey with me. Thank you for being a part of it. I'd like to thank all of the sponsors that have helped me out, all of the bands that have, that have you know, sponsored episodes. You guys are amazing and you're working so hard and it's got to be tough right now. Like if, I mean, that's one thing we're in this quarantine and bands can't do anything. They can't go play shows. They can't do whatever. So, uh, yeah, if there's anything I can do for any of the past, you know, bands of the show, guests of the show, sponsors of the show, whatever, hit me up. I will do my best to assist you in any way possible. This show is my favorite thing in the world. I love you guys. I'm going to stop rambling. Uh, let's see who we've got next week on the show. Let me get my little thing out. I should have known this before, but I'm going to check it out. Next week on the show, whoa, Paolo from Trivium. Yeah, next week on the show is it's going to be awesome. So uh, come back next week for my buddy Paolo from Trivium. They have a really, really great, really, really great new record out called What the Dead Men Say. And uh, it's going to be awesome. And we talk a lot. We recorded this like a month ago. A lot of these episodes came out a long, like we did them a long time ago, and then it took a while to get them out. So uh, by now, the entire record is out on Spotify and Apple Music. But we were talking about the single at that point. But uh, you'll have to come back next week to check out my conversation with Paolo from Trivium. And I've got one more little surprise for you guys. Before I do this little surprise, make sure to check out my sponsors, BlackCatManorBand.com, JamersDesign.com, and Rockabilia.com. Remember, if you want to sponsor an episode or help the show out, you can do a one-time Venmo donation at Christopher Swinney or hit me up, TOTOTPodcast at gmail.com, and we will hook you up as an episode sponsor. Thank you to my Patreon producers, Bob Foster, John Exton, and Dewey Halpas, and our new Patreon, Carlos Rodriguez Jr. out of Veracruz, Mexico. 
Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to this podcast. It really, really helps. Uh, get in touch if you want to talk about anything. I'm always there. Super easy to get a hold of on all the socials at TOTOT Podcast. And call the hotline, 765-372-8818. I've been doing this new thing where tell me about a record that changed your life and uh, leave me a message and I could feature you on another episode and I'll play a song from the band that you were talking about. And uh, this, I want this show to be kind of, you know, it's all of our show. Like, yeah, I'm talking on here, but I want I want you guys to supply some content. I want you to feel like it's your show too. So hit me up any way you can. And I'm going to leave you with uh, this cool thing. My buddy Rody from Protest the Hero, he sent me this little voicemail to play. Uh, they have a new song, a new single out called The Canary. And it is killer, man. It's It's just awesome todd from uh propagandi we've been talking a lot about propagandi todd played bass on this track and man it's good and if the rest of the record is anything like this they're gonna have a classic man i love protest the hero it's just so technical and the guitar work is so amazing and roadie does not sound like anybody else in the entire world so uh i'm gonna play this little this little uh voice memo from from roadie and then we're gonna listen to the new protest the hero single called the canary I love you guys. Thanks for listening to me ramble for an hour. Back next week with regular scheduled programming with Paolo from Trivium. So I will catch you guys on the flip side. This is Protest the Hero with Canary right after you hear Rody say some stuff. See you guys next week. Peace. Hi there. It's your buddy Rody Walker from Protest the Hero. And I understand some congratulations are in order for Chris and that one time on tour podcast in this their second anniversary the second year anniversary it's two years old that's how i'm choosing to say it um and i understand he's going to play our new single our new hit single the canary it's a song about amelia Earhart and uh, essentially the supposed end of her life but really it's the end of her life one way or another um but yeah Thank you very much and congratulations again to Chris. Enjoy.
Silas Lenny, and I see you last quarter after. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday.